Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Bitcoin Magazine Live. I am your host, Q, coming to you once again from my mother's basement. I have let the flow come out. Thank you all who joined us last night on our election special, but we are not done yet. P, my fellow co-host, my fellow one-letter extraordinaire, how goes it in your neck of the woods? It goes quite well. This Bitcoin price is wild. I'm backing up the truck. That's probably what you can hear in the background. Really? That that's what I hear, not the incessant clock clocks of all of the chicken that for some reason you let into your office studio today. That's a different that's for a different reason, but yes, you're also hearing that. We have a jam-packed episode for you all today. We are not going to be having a new episode of FedWatch. We will be joined by none other than Jason Meyer, the author of the upcoming book, The Progressive Case for Bitcoin, on the heels of last night's election. I think this is a very timely discussion that we are going to have, and I am very excited for it, and I hope you guys are all triggered by what we talk about today. And then, of course... Let's kick things off with some Bitcoin Magazine news on this Wednesday, November 9th. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start with what I think is one of the funniest stories out there, and that is the update from all of the FTX debacles, but more specifically, all of the celebrities involved, ranging from Tom Brady, Giselle Bundchen, down to my personal favorite, Shaquille O'Neal, are all known as being FTT bag holders. For those who maybe don't watch uh, football, in the way that I do. And I appreciate Tom Brady. Some may consider the GOAT. Others may just consider like the most obnoxious person in the world. Whatever side of the coin you take, everyone knows he is going through a divorce. A lot of sports pundits have been saying this man is going through this divorce because he retired and then unretired. But I dare say there's a whole other reason, a more far more nefarious reason. If you may recall back in April after what is considered the greatest Bitcoin only conference in the world, the Bitcoin conference in Miami, which we will be back in Miami May 18th through the 20th. Shortly after that conference, there was a shitty shitcoin conference held by none other than Sam Bankman Fraud uh, down in Bahamas called Crypto Bahamas, where Giselle Bunchen found herself on stage with him. And, you know, they look to be getting a little uh a little too friendly, if I may dare say. And now there are reports coming out that Giselle and Tom have their entire wealth tied up in FTT. And dare I say, no, Tom, it is not your fault that you had to unretire to save your family from going bankrupt because your wife aped in to her, I don't know what a male mistress is called, but whatever her male mistress decided to tell her to buy. So poor Tom Brady had to unretire just to put food on the table for his family. I truly feel sorry for him. Giselle Bunchen, you are truly awful. Also, personally, I don't like Tom Brady, so... Let that be known in case anyone here thinks I am sympathizing. Yeah, it's rough when you uh, take make terrible financial decisions. You pay the price, my friends. You pay the price. Yeah, no, I agree. I am an avid Tom Brady hater being a Jets fan. Uh, I proudly wear that. But also, I'm coming to you live from Q's mother's basement as well in the other room of her. But, you know, how's it going, everyone? Yeah, it's good to see you. Um, how many cockroaches have you seen so far? Are there a lot of them, you know? A ton of them. You could you could survive. Uh, P, you would survive quite well here with your your bug. Yeah, to be clear, I'm asking because I would. It's an extra source of protein. Like you can just jump in there. I know you're trying to save sats. I mean, we got to talk about it, you guys. The Bitcoin price, fucking crazy. Uh, What do you guys think is going on? Obviously, we talked about FTX. Is this the reason for this? What other factors are there involved? I got a hot take. Hit me with it. So, So, oh. 
I'm getting, I'm getting feedback. feedback. Fixed. <laughs> Funny how I just kick Chris off the stream and it fixes itself. <laughs> um, hang on. I'm going to. Is there no okay? I don't have any more feedback. Uh, P, you were clearly fucking with me. So I posted yesterday on my Instagram page, just like, hey, if you've got money in FTX, if if you just are leaving crypto or even USD and FTX, I, I think it might be a good time to take it off. I was then flooded with DMs and text messages from normie friends, many of whom I haven't talked to some since college, asking me like is this the moment where I should sell everything? Should I be liquidating? Like is Bitcoin going to zero? Is everything crashing to zero? And I do believe Normieland, not in tune really with what the news is, is panic selling right now in a moment of capitulation. And we're seeing the effects of that. And again, we live in an echo chamber in the Bitcoin space and uh, and within the broader Bitcoin ecosystem. So unfortunately, like we're not going to see those conversations happening amongst less like I'm not gonna say Bitcoin minimalists, but just like non-Bitcoin maxis and those conversations they're having around, oh, maybe this isn't a good opportunity to be holding Bitcoin, at least for right now. Maybe some of them just believe this is the end of Bitcoin or crypto as a whole. Uh, whatever it may be though, we maybe not we are not ex as exposed to those conversations. And I do believe there are those conversations happening outside of Bitcoin circles. And that is what is forcing this price lower and lower, which to that I say, sell me your cheap Bitcoin, please, please give me your cheap Bitcoin. Yeah. yeah. I, I'll add a take to that as well. I think there's a couple things. I think uh, Greg Foss kind of always says like, you don't sell what you want to sell. You sell the thing that's most liquid. And I think when Bitcoin trades 24 seven, with a lot of these crypto exchanges going down, a lot of times like it's not like as traditional as the financial markets or not as gentlemen's agreement where, oh, you have 48 hours to like hit this collateral limit. It's like, no, like in the cryptocurrency space, I hate saying this, but like when you hit a strike price, it liquidates immediately. Like there's no, there's no like, oh dude, like we'll just, you know, there's no fractional reserve banking to prop up the system. So a lot of times people will sell Bitcoin in order to cover their uh, margin calls. So I think part of it is they're selling their Bitcoin to cover it. I know um, there was a couple of people on Twitter tweeting about like, yeah, with uh, with uh, FTX going down, Coinbase may be in trouble, uh, QCoin may be in trouble, Genesis may be in trouble. So I think a lot of people that may be swimming naked are trying to cover their positions to not get liquidated. So I think a lot of that's the downward sell pressure on Bitcoin, at least in my perspective. Yeah, I think it's super interesting. I don't know. You guys can hear it. That's track i'm just backing straight up to uh, the exchange taking that bitcoin off other people's hands putting it straight into cold storage uh yeah it'll kind of get louder you know and then maybe you know hopefully i'll be able to get it to go down but uh no i'm kidding obviously i, I agree with everything you guys both just said there is people sell the most liquid asset they can when they get margin called when they have to i'm curious q what is happening in the broader market right now is everything down or are we just focused on the bitcoin price i wouldn't know because i don't even track on the S&P 500 anymore. So we we are seeing sell-offs on the broader markets as well, kind of in the vein of what I said yesterday. However, we're, we're seeing you know Nasdaq down 1.4 as of right now, Dow Jones down one, S&P just under 1%, like at 0.98, it's down. However, important to note, the volume is lower today. And I express the importance of when volume is higher or lower, we'll sort of dictate and tell you like, oh, this moved down 
the way I read it is it doesn't have meat behind it. There's no substance. And so in turn, I don't actually expect this downturn to hold as strong. That could literally change tomorrow and you could see another down day with higher volume and then all of a sudden your tune changes. You just have to sort of absorb what the market tells you day by day. And based on an up day on higher volume yesterday and a down day on lower volume today, I don't think the the broader markets are necessarily seeing a sell-off in the same vein. Now, I say this with the caveat of I'm not actually looking at volume being traded on Bitcoin. So that being said, the price going lower, it's safe to say there are more sell orders than buy orders right now on the open market. Yeah, and I think that's sell me your cheap coin. I think part of this is also, you know, yesterday, obviously, uh, FTX after, you know, CZ and uh, SBF have been kind of going back and forth. We talked about how, um, you know, CZ kind of uh, started shitting on FTX and calling out the fact that they were selling off their FTT token. That drove down the price even further. Uh, you know, Sam Bankman-Fried, scammer that he is, was like, everything's chill. Don't even trip. We got plenty of money. Don't worry. And then suddenly he announced, oh, just kidding. Uh, we are being acquired by Binance, CC's company. Now, this morning, what has happened, though, is it looks like Binance, as uh, people had suggested yesterday in the Twitter space that we did with Dylan LeClaire and Greg Foss and Pete Rizzo, they actually are not interested in purchasing FTX. And um, they posted actually that after looking at the, after starting due diligence and everything, they were like, oh, this is a garbage fire. Like we're getting the fuck out. And my perception is that that is what has kind of kicked off this brief dip in the price of Bitcoin. So the trials and tribulations, they were over leveraged, they got wrecked. Let's dig into it. On that note, CZ actually posted on Twitter, uh, he's basically scolding Sam Bankman fried like a parent. He said, uh, two big lessons, you know, never use a token you created as collateral and don't borrow. If you run a crypto business, don't use capital efficiently, quote unquote, have a large reserve. Binance has never used BNB token for collateral and we have never taken on debt. So he's just taking a, a final opportunity to be like, you come at the King, you best not miss go fuck yourself. And then also be like, also, my company's good. Yeah, I mean, there's no way for me to verify, uh, or I don't trust CZ, and I, there's no way for me to verify that he has or hasn't taken on uh, debt. So uh, I'm not going to be the one to challenge that. But I think stay humble, stack sats, you know, use Odell's model. Um, yeah, and, and keep it in self custody. If there's anything that's this shown, like FTX is what the third largest exchange, second largest exchange in the world, and they're going insolvent. Like if you had Bitcoin on that exchange. I'm not trying to be mean, but you are an unsecured creditor and you are last on the pecking order to get paid back. So I, I hate to say this, but like there's a good chance you may never get it back or there's going to be a long legal process like the Mt. Gox people. It's been eight years and haven't gotten their Bitcoin back. So I hate to say this, but like you may get like you may get paid back, but it might be 10 to 30, uh, 10 to 30 cents on the dollar. So you like lose a lot of that and or. And, or you know, you don't get paid back at all. And it, it's, you know, it's part of the debt proceedings. So or you I get paid back in fiat instead of Bitcoin. Yeah, and then you yeah, get like today's exactly. price, which would be terrible. I feel really bad for people that are, uh, that are in the situation. Has FTX officially frozen withdrawals at this point? 
Uh, they did yesterday. They halted oh. withdrawals. Uh, they halted withdrawals probably at two p.m. Eastern or yeah, two p.m. Eastern yesterday. So, um, to the best of my knowledge, it hasn't opened up yet. They said that they were trying to get the deal done in order to make customers whole. Obviously, if the Binance deal went through, they would start allowing customers to withdraw. But no, know, no, not necessarily. We can't, yeah. you can't count on that. I mean, like we literally just saw this happen with Celsius. Obviously, Celsius didn't get acquired by Binance, but I mean, this is the playbook, right? Just like yesterday when SBF was like, we're cool, we're chill, don't even worry. And then before that, Doquan with Terra Luna was like, hey, deploy more capital, steady lads. That's an actual tweet. These people, they they say the same thing because they're desperately trying to maintain you know, customer uh, belief in their platform. And then as each of those you know levels get taken out and they become uh, sort of exposed as being those claims being fraudulent, they just delete them, as SBF did yesterday. So do not trust anything that comes out of official, uh, you know, uh, FTX accounts. Do not trust anything that comes out of, you know, SBF's account. They are desperately, desperately trying to prevent even more dams from bursting and people from moving uh, as more, you know, away as rapidly as possible. I also want to flag David Bailey, uh, you know, CEO of Bitcoin Magazine, tweeted out that, in his opinion, Genesis is also facing significant risk and insolvent. And he mentioned somebody else as well. Um, if we can call that up, I forget who it was. The point is, if you have your money, that is to say your Bitcoin, on exchanges, you need to withdraw that Bitcoin if you can as rapidly as possible. Because in these types of situations, as we talk about a lot, you start seeing these contagion effects and it can have ripple effects and more and more exchanges can become insolvent. And as you just said, Chris, you know, you mentioned pecking order. That's a chicken term. As everyone knows, I'm obsessed with chickens right now because my wife was like, I want chickens. That's a literal term. They peck each other. They they sit on roosts above and above one another. The chickens that are at the low end of the pecking order literally have to roost below the other ones. And guess what happens? They get shit on all night long. You as an unsecured investor, you're literally at the bottom of the pecking order, as Chris just said, and you're getting shit on from above from all those chickens above you. Do it safely. Do not listen to this podcast and just be like, oh shit, I got to withdraw my Bitcoin and then fuck it up because if you do that, there are no backsies. There's no one to protect you. There is no customer service line. So go watch some tutorials. Make sure you deeply understand what you are doing and take your financial future by the horns and withdraw your Bitcoin. Yeah. And to iterate your point, one last thing to hammer home, like I feel bad, like FTX did a huge marketing ploy. I mean, obviously they had so many Super Bowl ads, you know, Tom Brady, Giselle, like so many commercials. So I feel bad for like, I guess the more normies that maybe have a smaller position in, in Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies. And now they're like, oh, they understand, um, you know, not your keys, not your coins, or, or I hope that they learn that lesson. Uh, and then also they learn the risk of other cryptocurrencies. I mean, we advocate for Bitcoin and Bitcoin only for that reason and keeping it in self-custody and, you know, you know, don't trust verify ethos. But um, moving on to the U.S. government has a say in all of this as well. So obviously we're talking about uh, Binance potentially bailing out FTX. The U.S. government says that they don't want this deal to go through. It doesn't look like it's going to go through anyway, so it's not going to matter. But I find it very funny that, you know, FTX is based out of the Bahamas and Binance is actually, fun fact, I didn't know this, based out of Malta. Um, but they are trying to intervene and says that this deal will actually, you know, potentially throw off, you know, uh, it's a threat to the U.S. financial system, which is really funny that like two countries, like I guess the Bahamas is part of, is that under the U.S. like territories, I guess, uh, or provinces. I don't think I'm, so. Um, but yeah, it's just very funny that these two countries that are, you know, Malta and Bahamas, and they're like, yep, yeah, th this potentially could take down the U.S. hegemony here. These two small little countries, uh, one little island and one little country, th this may be a threat to us. We may have to neutralize this threat. Obviously, like I said, this deal doesn't look like it's going to go through. 
Also, on a, on a, on a better note, Jim Cramer has a hundred percent success rate of being wrong all of the time. Um, so the Jim Cramer remains defeated. You know, the internet remains undefeated. Jim Cramer remains defeated. So he was saying just in June that Sam Bankman-Fried is like the CEO of J.P. Morgan, as many people know, Jamie Dimon. He's out here. He's bailing out people. He's helping out this industry. He is a brilliant man. He is like Warren Buffett. This dude is going to have a long legacy. Well, that legacy came to an end just a few, four short months later when uh, FTX looks like it's insolvent. So, um, yeah, uh, stay humble, stack sats, and don't fall into the narratives like Elizabeth Holmes, which Jim Cramer also famously said is a genius, or any of these marketing ploys. Uh, that's just my two sats. QP, anything else you guys want to add to this? It's just funny to me. I want to start first with like, you know, we talked, we spent a lot of time talking about this in the spaces yesterday as well with, uh, Dylan Rizzo, Greg Foss, Dr. Jeff, they all joined us. And we talked about how like SBF has like made himself to be this like altruistic, like kind, like I, I want to help the world. I want to make it better. I'm going to donate all of my wealth when I die, this, that, or the other. And it's just so clear and apparent that all he did was hire this publicist to go out and like create this persona and image for him. And I genuinely want to know like how much did he have to pay Jim Cramer to like be called the next coming of JP Morgan? Because like, David Bailey, can I just forego my next three bonuses to pay Jim Cramer that fee so that Jim Cramer says my name at Bitcoin Magazine live on his show? Because I, I genuinely think like we could buy. It. I, I'm starting to believe that companies pay. You Jim have Cramer. so little faith. I just, I'm just, I, I'm just trying to help the show grow a little bit. In, He's in trying that to put vein. business here. He's trying to help. No, 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 no. You're not understanding, guys. For, for everyone who is watching, I hope all of you are subscribed, but if you're not, please press the subscribe button down below and like the stream. If we get to 100 likes, yeah, we're already at 45. If we can get to 100 likes before 2 p.m. Eastern time, Chris, can we get a carrot code for, for the audience? All right, we're going to do that, guys. So there you go. See, I'm just trying to help you. Like I'm like SBF. I'm just trying to help you, right? But there's also a, a broader picture here, and it's not the idea that a company or a country like uh, Malta is going to have any impact on um, the U.S. economy. It's the broader crypto industry will have an impact on the U.S. economy, and more specifically, the U.S. dollar. And that is where I think this fear stems from. So the growing rhetoric around crypto is bad is going to get a lot worse. You have SBF who is the front man for crypto regulation and was almost like DC's darling now completely falling apart. Like, oh. You know the scene in Lord of the Rings when the fire demon like snaps at snaps his whip and like grabs Gandalf and like pulls him down in the mines of Moria? Yeah, of course, where he's like, thou shall not pass. And then he's like, oh. Yeah, and he then he tells yeah. everyone in the Fellowship of the Rings, like, fly, you fools. That's what he fucking said. He tells them to take the fucking eagles and just fly to Mordor. But no one understood him, so then they had to go on this stupid long adventure. Lord of the Rings could have been solved in 20 minutes if they just listened again. But the point I'm trying to make is that SBF is like the fire demon. And watch him fucking, like, take one last whip up and try to take down 
something to do with the broader crypto ecosystem. Now, mind you, if you want to get rid of shitcoin casinos, I support that. Like, shit, I will be the the spokesperson supporting SBF if what he comes out and says is no more crypto casinos should exist. You should only be able to buy, sell, and hold your Bitcoin. That should just be what we have. But unfortunately, I don't think that his whip is only going to be like in the kindness of Bitcoin. And I think, unfortunately, Bitcoin will potentially have to duke it out with SBF and regulators as a byproduct of this. I don't disagree at all. So my next question before we go to the next story, though, P, who would you be in Lord of the Rings? I mean, Jesus, no fucking clue. Probably, uh, what's his name? Fucking, I wanted to call him Grendel. Obviously not Grendel. Uh, I mean, the, the, the little cave creature. G- Gimli. Fucking <laughs> Gimlet. That's his name. I'll be Gimlet and because I want the Bitcoin, you know, the precious. Not no, Gimli, let it go. I think. <laughs> what? It's Gollum Gimli, is right? his name. What? His name's Gollum. It doesn't matter. Oh, oh Gollum. Oh, Gimli wow. is the dwarf. Gollum is the like. What he turns into. Got it. All right. Anyway, I'd be that guy because I, I I got the Bitcoin and I want to keep it. I'm not going to let anybody else have it. They can all go fuck themselves. I, I guess. I mean, I would have wouldn't have been surprised if you said Gandalf because like you are a thousand and one years old. Which of course, Chris. Oh my God, I buried the fucking lead for today. Okay, last night on the stream. In case you missed it, we had a fun little election special. P myself and Nolan. We sort of rapped about all of the different key races. P admit his brain is not in his head and in fact is in a little jar just behind him on that shelf right there to further validate our claims that we've always said P is a sentient robot being sent from the future that freezes and unfreezes himself. This is why we say P is 172 years old. It's true. I used to be a neuroscientist. I have a scan of my own brain. There's a 3D printed model of my brain right there under the microscope. It's all fucked up because I'm crazy. Let's keep going though. I uh, I want to hit this next story. Meta just laid off more than 11,000 employees. Q, can you take us through what's going on there? What happened? Did you say 1,000? 11,000. Okay. Yeah. I was about to say, uh, I mean- it's really sad. Chris and I, we were talking about this last night, you know, when I picked him up from the airport before the cops pulled us over for zero reason whatsoever, just to, you know, harass a brown man. But ultimately, we've warned that this is coming, that these layoffs need to happen. These companies are struggling, especially, and this is going to be really important. And I want to pull this up actually at a stock right now. So today, oh my fucking God. All right. So today, literally today, 11,000 people lost their job at Meta. Uh, Chris, can you confirm the percentage of the workforce that this is? Now, we've already established that the NASDAQ is down almost 1.5%. So this is 13% of Meta's workforce. You want to know what Meta's stock has done today? They are up almost 7% No fucking way. Because, and this is a very common occurrence in publicly traded companies, this reflects well for the future earnings of the company because you just cut 13% of your payroll, so your expenses just went down. So even if you keep operational income and the rest of your expenses at the same level, your next earnings report will reflect positively. All of these major publicly traded companies on the heels of these types of announcements have seen a bump up in their stock price, and it is no different in what is going on here in Meta. And it's it's sad. It's sad that you see people's lives being played with to 
raise a, a stock price a few percentage points here or there, when ultimately there were mistakes made by management in the way they grew. And whether or not you agree with the metaverse sort of shift by Zuck and- You shouldn't. You really shouldn't. Like, oh my God, you really fucking shouldn't. Um, look, this is- this is unfortunately like a tried and true system. We are not done seeing layoffs. We are not done seeing layoffs from the tech industry to start because they are bleeding right now and it will continue to get worse and worse. And unfortunately, you will see it start to carry over into other sectors in as well. Also, and I'm jumping around a little bit here, but on a related note, fucking Elon Musk <laughs> fired too many people. Uh, Twitter has been begging certain key people that they fired <laughs> to come back because in the, uh, you know, the reaping that Elon Musk came in to do, or rather did when he came in, in order to really show a strong fist, a strong hand, they accidentally let go of some key people and they're begging them to come back. I, I hope those people make them pay them at least double and hopefully triple because if you're in that situation, Jesus Oh God. Uh, yeah. Companies like this. I also think it's interesting to note that the stock price jumped with meta. That would seem to imply that the people that people bidding on the stock, on the price of a share don't view these people as an essential component of the business or something. They're basically saying like, yeah, you can get rid of all these people and business will continue to be booming. Now to me, that either means they don't think that they're actually providing utility or they think that the company can magically become more efficient or they actually understand what's going on, which is that stock prices are massively inflated, inflated rather. They're trading at such high premiums and the actual value that a company produces has very, very, very little to do with the perceived value and thus the stock price is massively inflated. But I digress. Another item that has come up recently, the U.S. Department of Justice announced that you guys hearing music playing very weird Q. Well, funny how i mute p's mic and i stop also hearing the music playing p <laughs> you're an idiot <laughs> my god i figured it out they're after me the dump truck sound I was playing kept going and you're hearing all sorts of random shit from it. Anyway, the point is uh, the U.S. Department of Justice announced that they are they have seized $3.36 billion in Bitcoin. This is a story from a little bit ago, but the interesting thing here is that uh, it was connected with the Silk Road dark web kind of like fraud situation. Um, James Zong pleaded guilty to wire fraud they seized 51,680 Bitcoin. He then tried to convert this, the 50,000, or rather, he also tried to convert 50,000 Bitcoin cash that he got in an airdrop into Bitcoin. And the interesting part of this story is that he accidentally doxed himself when he did this. Matt O'Dell had a tweet that we'll put in the, uh, either in the show notes or in the chat, really going through exactly how this happened. And the reason this is significant is because it's a privacy issue. He made one small mistake in this process and they were able to link his identity back to exactly where he made some transaction on an exchange, find out who he was and go after him. As things get crazier and crazier, this is someone who ostensibly did something illegal, but as things get crazier and crazier, as inflation increases, as we start to see more and more of this kind of global um, financial chaos, uh, don't expect innocent people to not uh, fall under these uh, these 
broad legislative swaths going forward. People who people who are innocent are already being persecuted, and that is only going to continue. You got to protect yourself. You have to understand how to use how to transact privately and how to maintain your own privacy, which is your right, because you never know what that data is going to be used for in the future. I also, I just want to again remind people on this note, like. We see it time and time again when criminals end up using Bitcoin, like they somehow get caught because this is a public ledger. Because if someone really wants to, they can and will spend the time and resources to hunt you down and figure out what's going on. So dare I say the idea or narrative that Bitcoin is used for illegal activities blah, 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 is the stupidest narrative because let me ask you this point blank. Do you really think the US dollar, just physical, cold, hard, greenback cash is not used in any illegal transactions. Let me tell you, every fucking drug sale that's going to be done this weekend in Los Angeles is going to be done via cash. Every fucking under the table shady deal, people who don't pay taxes, people, all of that shit's done in cash. But sure, let's buy the narrative that, oh, Bitcoin, but Bitcoin's used by bad actors. Oh, Bitcoin. You guys are an idiot if you buy that narrative, just full stop. Come at me. I dare you to. tell. Give me an example of where you can use Bitcoin successfully by a criminal. Please. Actually, tell Chris, because Chris is the Fed on the show, so he will actually make sure you get in trouble. So don't forget that part. Uh, I want to I go to Twitter next. Cool. Uh, Twitter and payments. So look, in case you, you missed the news, Elon Musk owns Twitter. Um, Besides all the stupid stuff, like now creating a new badge for official account, which is a whole separate story. Um, we've heard a lot of rumors and rumblings that PayPal could eventually turn into some sort of a payments type flat platform. For the love of God, Elon, longtime viewer, dear, dear friend of mine, don't do Doge. Just don't stop trolling everyone with the Doge nonsense. Uh, I'm going to read a tweet, though, out, out from Caitlin Long. Signal, not noise. Well, of course, Elon Musk filed paperwork to get Twitter in the payments business, just as predicted. Banks, get ready to be disintermediated amid all this drama. This is real news. Hashtag Bitcoin. Hashtag Lightning Network. Um, this shouldn't come as a surprise. We saw Mark Moss last week also discussing, like, look, this is one of the core people involved with PayPal. The way Elon was involved, for those who aren't as familiar, he was the founder of X.com. X.com was acquired by PayPal. The truth, though, about that is X.com sort of uh, payments platform itself was what PayPal wanted to acquire. And they actually used X.com sort of payment transfer system in the newer versions of PayPal. And that really helped PayPal scale up. In addition to just sort of this background, there are two key points also. David Sachs was a very vocal, one of the original people at PayPal as well, not one of the founders, just one of the, as he likes to say, he was hired because Peter Thiel needed someone to yell to yell at that wouldn't cry when he yelled at them. So that was David Sachs's job and now he's a billionaire. So honestly, if someone wants to yell at me and make me a billionaire, I welcome that. Um, David Sachs is now on this new board that Elon Musk has also created. We've heard him also talk about the ideas of rolling Twitter out into some sort of a payment platform. Elon also two years ago went out and rebought the domain name x.com. Now I'm not saying these are all connected, but like they're all fucking connected because no billionaire does 
random crazy shit, like tweet out, oh, should I buy Twitter? And thinking like he's going to just do whatever the audience does. Like, no, I'm sorry. If you think Elon Musk either bought Twitter or sold Tesla shares to pay taxes because of the Twitter poll he posted, you are so naive, my dear friend. Like those plans were already in the works and he did it more as a public perception more than anything else. He was going to do these types of things. So it will be interesting to see how these things roll out. I I love the opportunity to see Twitter become sort of this like break the bank system. It'll be interesting to see how Bitcoin gets involved in this. Trump is very, I mean, not, not Trump, Elon has very loudly become like the doge father if you will and i don't give a shit what anyone says like doge is a shit coin just like any other ones cool awesome that they use proof of work like awesome they have that one up over ethereum but they still have like a million things below bitcoin as a result so it will be interesting to see how how the broader crypto ecosystem also gets folded into twitter david Sachs to bring his name up again huge, huge Solana bag holder as well. So this could be a step in the right direction of, of breaking up the banks. The broader issue here that I worry about is that he's going to open the door, do the shitcoin casinos. And given everything with FTX, probably not the best idea, Elon. But, you know. Yeah. I just want to add one thing, and I think I saw a comment in the chat. Elon has given praise to China on multiple fronts. One of the things that he thinks that they do very well is WeChat which is their form of like everything. It's like their social network. It's their way that they pay, you know, people peer to peer. It's linked to their bank accounts. It's also linked to their identity. So like, I know many people have said in this space before, it's like a social credit system. Uh, I don't think this is going to be a good thing. And I don't think with making Twitter the WeChat of the West it is a good thing because of that. You know, uh, I don't want to dare I say like he rolls out a central bank digital currency, but it's not too far reaching from like, basically pairing up with a random cryptocurrency or governments to be like, hey, like you should use this Twitter native thing and tracking people's movements and stuff like that. I guess maybe that's my conspiracy hat going on, but um, we don't need WeChat in the West, or at least that's not what I want. No, you're absolutely fucking right. It, it will be a terrible thing if Twitter starts collecting your financial information as well because people will use it because it's the easiest thing to do. And then that data will be used against you. It will be weaponized and... We do not want to live in that world. We need to use systems that protect our privacy and disintermediate our financial systems, like Bitcoin. I put that a link to a fantastic Bitcoin Magazine article about how to safely pull your Bitcoin off exchanges in the chat. I'll post it again in just a second, but I want to switch us over to our guests now. Uh, I want to remind everybody before we go to a quick break, and then we'll be back with Jason Meyer talking about the progressive progressive case for Bitcoin, excuse me, that you can use code BMLive to buy tickets for Bitcoin 2023. You can save 10%. You can also use that code in our store on bitcoinmagazine.com to purchase a subscription to our magazine. The print mag is absolutely fucking incredible. We're about to come out with a new issue. You do not want to miss it. Finally, reminder to like and subscribe across our various channels. We post these, uh, we do these videos Monday through Friday, and we have fantastic guests, and we talk about Bitcoin all the day, all the time. Come celebrate Bitcoin winter in Miami at Bitcoin 2023. The largest Bitcoin conference in the world returns to Miami from May 18th to the 20th. 
Head on over to b.tc forward slash conference to get your tickets today. Use promo code BMLIVE to get 10% off of your tickets before prices go up. Bitcoin is for everyone, lefties, righties, and rejectors of the false dichotomy alike. And that is why the newest Bitcoin Magazine print edition is called the Orange Party Issue. It features articles by President Naya Bukele, Jeff Deist, Beauty On, Natalie Smolensky, Eric Kaysen, Max Kaiser, and Jimmy Song. Get your copy at your local Barnes & Noble's bookstore or from the Bitcoin Magazine store at store.bitcoinmagazine.com and use promo code BMLIVE to get 10% off your annual subscription today. If you're like me and want to gain a deeper understanding of what's going on within the Bitcoin market and broader macro environment, you need to subscribe to Bitcoin Magazine Pro today. There's both a free and paid version of this daily newsletter where our market analysts break down what's going on in the markets so you don't have to. Subscribe today at BitcoinMagazinePro.com.